I'm Candice Mitchell-Harris, founder and CEO of Myovana. Femtech to me is innovation. We have experiences that are often overlooked. And when we apply that through the lens of technology, we can innovate many industries and many markets. So use that innovative power within you. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. In today's episode, I interview Candice Mitchell, the CEO and founder of Mayavana. Candice is a computer scientist and visionary entrepreneur transforming the hair care industry through science and technology. She serves as the founder and CEO of Mayavana a beauty company that uses technology and artificial intelligence to recommend the perfect products for your hair. Through their mobile application, you're able to take a photo of your hair and receive an instant analysis of your hair type, along with recommended products, consultations with an expert, and healthy hair guidance. For customers with specific hair challenges, Mayavana offers a hair kit where you actually send in a few strands of your hair for a detailed hair analysis and personalized hair care plan. Mayavana has developed its own patent-pending proprietary technology to help women choose the best hair care products, ingredients, regimens, and professional salons to achieve the desired styles and hair health they want. Our listeners get a special offer. Use promo code FEMTECH at mayavana.com to save 20% on hair analysis kit. That's FEMTECH at mayavana, M-Y-A-V-A-N-A dot com for 20% off. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Candice, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, definitely excited to have you here. Where are you calling from? I am calling in from Los Angeles. LA, nice. <laughs> Well, we always love to kick off our interviews with learning more about our guests. And, you know, a lot of the guests that come on the show, I kind of know them a little bit already. So I'm really excited because I don't know you. So I'm excited to also like right here, right now on the record, learn a little bit more about you. So tell us where you're from, like, what's your background and how did you get into this business that you're in now? Yeah, so my background is in computer science and I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And I um, fell in love with technology at a young age and uh, pursued computer science at Georgia Tech and studied uh, human and computer interaction, um, amongst many other things. Um, But I really um, just kind of cultivated my love for technology and beauty um, and, you know, started my company, Mayavana, to really provide personalized guidance for hair care. Um, And that just really, you know, opened so much for me. And I'm excited to kind of, you know, dive into that more today. Yeah. Did you have you always been entrepreneurial or did you have like a corporate job and get tired of it? 
or what happened? Yeah, I have always been entrepreneurial. Um, I actually started a consulting firm when I was in college uh, for web design, digital marketing. Um, But when I graduated, I wanted to um, make some money, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be honest, Uh, you know, get a good salary for a little bit. And um, I did go into corporate IT for one year um, before I decided to quit and start my company. So the work experience was great, but I really wanted to pursue my dreams to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I can relate. I've had one like job where I wasn't my own employer so far. And uh, and it was about one year worth. I was like, okay, did it. Been here, done that. I need to go start another company. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So when did you start my Ivana? I actually started in June, 2012. So I'm coming up on 10 years in business this summer. And so, yes, I've learned so much. Um, and, you know, some people may have heard the quote that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. So let's just say I will be an overnight success soon. <laughs> I love that. I recently heard from Bryony Cole. She's kind of like the equivalent to me, but in sex tech. And she said, mm. um, Brit, it's at two years podcast podcasters start to really get traction. So I said, okay, March, 2022, it's my two years. So we you oh, and yeah. both like ready to be birthed. Into- oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I definitely want to tease apart like that journey of, you know, what was it 10 years ago? What was it in the middle? What is it now? But just in general, tell us what is Mayavana? Yes. Mayavana is a beauty technology company. And we've created um, a way to provide personalized recommendations for your hair based on your unique hair type, texture, and condition. And we do this using AI technology, um, which has the ability to analyze your hair, right? Because all of our um, hair is different based on, you know, our biology. And our research shows that your hair is as unique as your fingerprint. And so when we do this analysis, it breaks your hair down um, um, and creates a unique hair ID. And then we're able to match that with the exact products that will give you the best results. So that's what my Ivana does. Love it. And, you know, on your website, it seems like it's for black women and black women's hair. Is that the case or is it for white women's hair too? Yes, it's for all hair textures, Um, but Black women um, was our first target market, you know, given my background as a Black woman, and really because we had a huge pain point since um, a lot of us went through this transitioning movement of no longer wearing chemicals in our hair, like relaxers, and we were discovering our natural hair for the first time. And so the natural hair movement really took off starting in 2008, Um, so by 2012, there was so much YouTube content online, uh, so much need for better products. Um, At that time, we probably only had a very small section in the aisle of products that work for textured hair. Um, And now it's the market has grown so much. There are aisles worth of different brands. Um, And we really focus on the science of hair. And that's for any hair texture, any hair type. And so now we have customers of all ethnicities um, and even men, too, because men are wearing curly hair now or being more conscious about taking 
taking care of themselves, grooming. And so when you look at the personal care space, it's grown so much. And so, you know, we have expanded to customers of all ethnicities and around the world. So we have customers in all countries as well. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. How do you see the uh, intersection of hair and health, right? Because you said you're a beauty technology Mm -hmm. company, right? And some Mm -hmm. people, even myself, I get a little like when people start to say, oh, femtech, women's health, that includes makeup. And I'm like, does it though? Does it though? It's almost insulting to like the cancer survivors or the uterine fibroid women, right? Like it's almost insulting. But I, what I, I was excited for this interview and I agreed to it because I do see that you are, um, it's not just about like, oh, attract more men with your beautiful hair. It's like, no, this is a part right. of your body that has, yes. right. So tell us yes. more about your philosophy. Cause I'm, I'm projecting. So based on your branding yes. and how awesome your website is with all the science, but so tell us where in your mind does that health in uh, hair and beauty kind of intersect? Yes, absolutely. Well, when I started my research on the science of hair, I actually discovered that your hair is the longest record of the condition of the health of your body. And so your hair actually contains memory of the condition of your body. So let's think about that for a second. Um, Some of the hair analysis reports we've done or that are available Um, provide um, a report on the amount of toxins in your body, the um, certain nutrition deficiencies in your body. And so I thought, wow, this is very interesting. And I wanted to do my due diligence with the research first before releasing this with our product. So we stayed, we had stayed on the cosmetic side up until this point. Um, but we are um, going to release the option to get an analysis of your health. And so what's amazing about this, you know, as women, we're used to taking care of our health, of our hair and often neglect our health, right? But now we can do both together. Um, and from my research, it, um, it, it is used for pre-detection, early detection of things anywhere from certain cancers or again, deficiencies of certain nutrients and vitamins in your body. And so that is the intersection of hair and health for us. On top of the fact that um, a large percentage of our customers are reporting issues with hair loss. And when we have our virtual consultations, you know, um, some of the questions that we ask are, you know, what is the state of your health like, right? So you may come to us you know, because you're having issues with hair loss or shedding or breakage or thinning, right? Um, But our philosophy is that the health of your hair happens from the inside out. And so when we're seeing these challenges, sometimes it may need to look at your internal health, right? Your nutrition, your diet, um, and also stress levels. We are seeing so many women report higher stress levels, and that has an effect on your hair too. And so it was, you know, a no brainer for us to merge, you know, the intersect at the intersection of hair and health because your health affects your hair. And if we can play a role in helping women prioritize their health, then that only strengthens, you know, the mission of our company. And so that's that's um, how these worlds are converging. And we'll be doing actually several series on health um, and hair. 
Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, I firsthand account, I am uh, someone who's when I'm stressed, I lose hair and mm-hmm. it's makes the stress so much worse, you know, because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, my ponytail is so little and I, I right. other people say they can't notice it, but I notice I'm like, oh my gosh, it's kind of thinning on the sides. And exactly. uh, luckily at this point, I, I've, I've been to the doctors previously. And unfortunately, when I went to the physician, she said, oh, maybe you have like thyroid issues. We did blood work, came back normal. And she was like, well, I don't know, maybe you have a dermatology issue and sent me to dermatologist. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, what it actually was, was like a massive amount of stress and an active eating mm-hmm. disorder, which no one asked right. me about either one of those, which is crazy. Right. Like you have a skin issue. And I'm like, she didn't even ask me like, what's your life like? Like, are you exactly. eating? What's your nutrition? Right. Cause I would maybe exactly. who knows where I was at at the time, but maybe I would have revealed like, oh yeah, like not very good. So do you notice that with your consultations with women that there are like time points in women's lives when they are like at risk of hair, like, you know, falling out or breaking like pregnancy, menopause. Tell me about that part. Yes. So we um, actually think of our customer's journey um, from two perspectives, their hair journey and their life journey. And so when we look at their life journey, some things that we ask are, you know, what recent changes have happened in your life? And so we've seen some correlation around a new job, right? So new job, perhaps maybe in a role of greater responsibility, higher stress, um, also divorce, women who are recently divorced, starting over in life. Um, new mothers entering motherhood, right? We know we all know about the postpartum shedding, um, and so there are these different life changes that you know spark different things. And so we are seeing how um, these changes, you know, kind of show up, you know, in your life in different ways. And so those are some of the things that, um, you know, certain life events that impact your health um, from the perspective of when it becomes hard to manage or stressful to manage. And so, um, you know, we have to think about um, how we take care of ourselves during those times, right? Um, Because greater support is needed. And so, um, that that's just, you know, some of the examples that we're seeing. So we're really kind of looking at it from a holistic, you know, life perspective too. You know, two years ago, my sister had a, a, a baby and I visited her and she had all these little baby hairs. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, did you try to cut it or what happened? Like they're sticking up. And she goes, no, it's because I had the baby. And my hair fell out. And I was like, that's a thing. And she was like, yep. yes. And I was like, all right, no one's talking about this. And so um, can you tell us real quickly, like, what is that phenomenon of hair falling out after you give birth? And do, do you know why that happens? Yeah, it's related to hormonal changes. Um, also shock, you know, shock and trauma in the body. So sometimes, oh, yeah. yeah, depending on how your the labor and delivery went. Um, but but majority, there's some level of hormonal changes that you'll see, you know, that cause the hair loss at some level. And some is, is worse than others. Some is better than others. So it's really unique to your experience. But that trauma in the body, you know, um, creates a reaction that, you know, sparks the hair loss. And so that's, that's um, 
you know, how a, a lot of this happens, you know, in, in any, you know, amount of stress that the body is, is handling triggers that response as well. Interesting. Interesting. Can you walk us through like uh, a customer journey? Because I love what you, your, your platform is. Cause that's what it is. It's a platform. Mm-hmm. Like you have this consultation, you have a hair sample, like yes. uh, walk us through all the stages and like what happens. Yes. So um, our customer journey follows the CARE system, C-A-R-E, which stands for Consult, Analyze, Recommend, and Educate. Uh, So those are the four stages that we walk you through um, for your hair journey. And um, it's an experience of sharing information, right? So in the consultation, sharing your hair goals, your hair challenges, uh, speaking with an expert. So we have professional cosmetologists that conduct these consultations. But sometimes you just need to talk to an expert <laughs> and yeah. have that one-to-one guidance. Um, then the analysis happens when you send in your hair samples. Then you get your recommendations in a digital hair profile. And those are recommendations of products, ingredients, regimens to follow as well as a stylist in your area, professional stylist. And then we educate you through content um, throughout your hair journey based on your hair goals, even hairstyles, um, because, you know, we reach the woman who has, who doesn't have enough time to watch YouTube and experiment, right? You just want to know what you need to do, how to do it. And so we really simplify this whole process through our care system. When you get the hair sample, how does hair get analyzed? I imagine like some scientists under a microscope looking at it, but like, is that actually what it is or what, what yes. analyzed hair? Yes. So I was able to set up our first lab in the nanotechnology building at Georgia Tech. And I recruited a chemist and biologist um, to train them as our hair analysts. And so they are the ones in the lab that look at your hair under a microscope. Um, and the microscopic view really shows us the condition of your hair, the condition oh. of your strands, things that you don't even realize. Um, and so some of the things we typically see is a lot of product buildup, um, a lot of breakage um, and things that you can't really see with the normal eye. Um, and so our team of, of analysts are amazing. They're also passionate about hair. And so we really recruit women in the STEM fields um, and open up new career paths in the beauty industry. Um, So, yes, so your strands are in good hands when they arrive in our lab. What are the factors that you're analyzing? Because on your website, there's like hair type, strand, Mm -hmm. porosity. Like tell us about the different categories. Yes. So we're really looking at your porosity, the elasticity, density, and health. And so porosity is your hair's ability to retain moisture. So think about if your hair is always dry, right? If it feels dry, that means you either have low or high porosity, um, which means your hair, either the moisture is not getting into the strand or it's not retaining the moisture um, once it's applied. And so that is very key because dryness is the leading cause of breakage. So if your hair is breaking off or you feel like your hair isn't growing, um, there's typically a moisture or hydration issue there. Um, then we look at elasticity, which is your hair's ability to go from straight to curly and curly to straight. Oh. So how versatile is it, right? Um, because, you know, we like to change our hair a lot, right? And wear different styles. 
But if you have poor elasticity, then you might see your hair snaps, like when you comb it. Or if you wear a curly style, then your hair feels like limp or frizzies, like when you try to do something else with it. And so we look at that elasticity, we look at the overall health, the condition of the strands, and then your density is the volume. And so these are like, you know, all the variables that we're breaking down, you know, scientifically. And that really, um, those are the missing ingredients when you're, when you're using a product and you feel like it's not working, then there's usually something deeper going on. And so that's why we take, you know, these measurements of the strand to get it on the right path. Oh, that is so interesting. Um, what is some of the history behind hair care and race and I would sexism, I guess, too, because I feel like women were told to, you know, iron their hair with a little iron, literal iron, you know, and black mm-hmm. women were told to relax their kinks and put chemicals in there. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about the history of since you've been in this industry for 10 years, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is that history of, you know, uh, beauty standards, but it maybe being in the white male's eye versus what right is today? Exactly. Well, our society has been heavily influenced by European beauty standards, you know, and so and this even goes down to the ads that we see in the media, right? There's always this long, blonde, flowy hair. And that is the best, you know, that is what we should aspire to. And so, you know, for Black women, there was this, you know, pressure to that your hair has to be straight to be beautiful um or even for curly haired women period that you know your curly hair didn't belong in the workplace right like there are all these you know um, limitations and really these unfair standards that were you know pressed upon us you know Um, subconsciously, this has really been a subconscious thing um, because when you look at the media and even in certain, let's think about music videos, commercials, um, billboards, right? You've been constantly projected with these images of what you should look like instead of being empowered um, to be and look as you were created to be, right? And so that has really um, plagued, you know, our society in terms of, you know, race and gender and what, um, and, and just being suppressed, right? I think overall women have been suppressed and have felt that they have to fit in a certain box to be accepted. And so we're really, you know, breaking barriers in self-acceptance, self-esteem, and feeling confident that who you are naturally is beautiful, right? You don't have to, um, you know, apply any um, synthetic things to be beautiful, right? You don't have to get plastic surgery. You don't have to dye your hair and straighten it. You don't have to, you know, all these things that we're kind of unlearning. Um, And, you know, because of that, that has driven this industry in a certain way um, where ultimately it's, it's us embracing 
um, our natural selves and being confident enough to step out into the world that way. And part of this does require policies at this point because people with natural hair have been discriminated against in the workplace um, in different circumstances, right? And so, you know, our, our government has a, has a hand in this. Um, policies at different companies and corporations have a hand in this. And so it's really um, the, the way this industry have, has evolved is in the context of race in America. And so it's kind of like battling two things at once, right? Internally, you know, cultivating yourself, empowering yourself, and then externally fighting this larger battle of race and discrimination. Uh, so it's very interesting, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot um, as a founder, um, you know, because of this. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just where, where things have been, but we're, we're part of the change that we want to see as well. Uh, how have you seen the industry change in the last 10 years? Is there like different standards for products? Is there different priorities yes. when it comes to health care? Tell us more about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest thing has been the push for clean beauty, clean products, clean ingredients, right? Um, I am amazed at what, <laughs> pro- what products have been able to get away with, you know, for so long in terms of the toxic ingredients that are in them, you know? And so, you know, clean beauty um, has been the bit, one of the biggest things. So now there are a lot of vegan products, organic products, um, things, you know, that, you know, with healthy ingredients. Um, And so that has really shifted the industry a lot. Um, And then on top of that, um, you know, no staying away from chemicals too. And so um, relaxers were the first big push, but even now looking at keratin treatments, you know, that is, um, you know, some people, you know, say that keratin treatments are safe, but you have to realize that even that is still a chemical treatment. And so you have to just be careful with, you know, um, just the effects of that. And, um, you know, I would just say, um, aside from that, just an oversaturation of products now. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to navigate, which is, you know, one of our main value propositions. Um, but I, I think that's kind of been, you know, a couple of the biggest industry changes over this, this past decade. Yeah, I turned 30 this last summer and there's been certain things in my life where I'm like, huh, maybe I should start looking at different kind of face cream. Like I've been using the same like cleanser for five years. Like maybe I should consider this or that. But when I go to something like Target, I mean, the aisles are never ending. I'm like, I don't don't even know where to start. And then I think I select something I want and I go to the next aisle. I'm like, oh, these look cool though. (laughs) Or I'm like, I don't know. How about hair dye? That's one thing that I I do. I do like at home in the box hair dye. Is that still like super toxic and terrible for you? Yes. Well, you just have to use the right dyes. <laughs> you do. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it real. Yeah, you, just have to, you just have to use the right, yeah. Use the right dyes, like pay attention to the boxes um, because even hair dyes um, have changed a lot in terms of, um, 
them being safe to use at home, safe to apply to your hair, um, and ensuring that you are taking care of it once the dye is applied. Um, because hair color um, really shifts your porosity to high, higher porosity, which means the cuticles on your hair strand have been lifted. And so it's hard, harder to retain moisture. So if you do get use hair dyes at home, you need to have a good deep conditioning treatment to protect the integrity of your hair. And so things like that, like the, the hair dye product companies won't emphasize that as much because they're just trying to sell you the hair dye. Um, but you have to just, you know, just know how it, how it will impact your hair and what you need to do so that, you know, it, it remains healthy. Do you mind giving us a quick 411 on hair anatomy? Because you just said cuticle. And I'm like, I thought those were just on fingers. So (laughs) (laughs) what are the main parts of a hair strand? And like, why do they exist? Yeah, so you have, you know, think about hair as proteins. Um, You know, there's a a shaft of the the hair strand. um, And then there's a cuticle layer that protects, you know, um, what's in the hair shaft. And so a cuticle layer, you can actually think about it like fish scales. Um, If you've seen fish scales before, um, that's literally how the cuticles lay on your hair. And so different things that you do to your hair, um, even, you know, from combing, brushing, like if you tie it up with a tight hair tie, like all these things, you know, it... um, it affects that cuticle layer, which is protecting what's inside the hair strand. And so um, I think that, that w- that's a quick high level view of it. Um, and so that is um, uh, essentially what we're breaking down um, when we do your hair analysis, because you won't know these things. But yeah. from a scientific view, that's how we kind of understand, you know, the condition of your hair, but that's just a high level view of it. Love it. Thank you for that 411. And then what about the root? Is there something, anything you can tell about the health of the hair strand from the root of it, or is it mostly the strands itself? Yes. So, um, the root actually, um, is a good, is a good view of, um, the condition of your scalp. Um, and so, you know, your scalp emits, you know, certain oils naturally, um, but sometimes you may have dry scalp or you may have scalp condition. And so um, that um, really looking at the root of your hair, we can kind of um, really get a sense of where your scalp is because we're now doing um, a scalp analysis if you come on site to one of our salon partners, um, because the scalp honestly is the foundation of healthy hair. Um, and a lot Royal, of people don't right? realize, like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that, you know, scalp care is, is just as important. Um, and so, yeah, so that does come from, you know, uh, seeing the roots of your hair strand. Interesting. What is something that you wish everyone knew about hair? Like, it's probably the thing that once you have a glass of wine, you're like, all right, everyone, listen up. If you didn't know this, you didn't know this. Like, what is the thing that you wish everyone knew about hair? Yeah, I would say one thing I wish people knew is like your hair is kind of like a plant. If you think about how you have to water a plant, nurture it, give it sun, right? If you want your hair to grow and you want it to be healthy, think about it as taking care of a plant. 
and watering it, keeping it hydrated, that will go very far um, in terms of your hair having the versatility that you want it to have, um, the health, the style, the shine, right? Because, you know, when you want shiny hair, beautiful hair, voluminous hair, right? That all comes from having healthy hair. Um, and so if you take care of it um, and, and keep it hydrated, um, one, one thing we always highly recommend is steam therapy. When you steam your hair, that really um, gives it a lot of moisture retention and keeps it strong. Um, that is one of the things that we're, we kind of like preach all the time. And I've so think of your it. hair. Yeah. yeah. That's steaming my scalp. I've never heard. How do I even do that? I can do that at home. You can get a steamer. Yeah. You can get um, like a hooded steamer where you can just sit under it or you can get a hand, a handheld steamer and just steam your hair, you know, after you wash it. Um, because the more you keep it hydrated, the stronger it, it will be. And so um, that's what I wish people knew. Yeah. yeah. Can, is taking a hot shower equivalent to that? And also does hot water, cold water hurt hair? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So we, yeah, we um, sometimes recommend like if you don't have a steam or can't get one, um, run a hot shower because mm-hmm. the steam from the shower, you know, is, is exactly what it is it, <laughs> that's the same that we're that we're getting that we mm-hmm. want to get and so um so yeah so that that works um and actually temperature does make a difference and so when you after you condition your hair we always recommend to um rinse it with cool water um so cool water is better um for uh, um the the product application of conditioner as a, uh, this is a personal question because I like to throw it, mm-hmm. you know, let's go science, let's mm-hmm. go theory. Uh, as a woman who runs a, a hair tech company, do you feel like obligated to have good hair every day? Like I know for <laughs> myself, I, you know, when I started the podcast and said, we're going to do the recordings, I said from yeah. day one, I'm not doing my makeup because I'm not going to hold myself to that standard throughout the whole show for however many episodes right. I do, I'm going to show up like myself. So for you as a founder of a company, I think a lot of people, you know, they found something because they are passionate about that topic. So have you just always been into your own hair or like, do you feel obligated today to have good hair? Like, tell us about that. <laughs> I do. Honestly, I do. I feel like I'm a walking billboard. So I always have to keep my hair nice. But the thing is, I love hair. I love doing hair. I love doing my hair. You know, but the thing is the time now, right? Like as a busy businesswoman, it's just now having the time. So I literally thought this morning that I'm, I'm about to get braids because I'm in a mode where I just... I just don't have the energy right now, the energy to wash my hair. And if uh, I wish you guys could see me, I know you're listening, but I have a lot of hair. I have very (laughs) thick hair and it's like a minimum three hour process to, to just wash my hair and from start to finish. And so right now, I just don't have the energy because my business is growing and I'm Three just hours. like, uh, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get braids soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so like, I want to like switch gears a little bit here. Pubic hair. It's still mm. hair, right? Yeah. Like how yeah. is it different than the hair on your head? And is, do you think that we need 
on better understanding or technology around pubic hair? That's a really good question. Um, you know, hair is hair. Hair is hair, No matter where it grows, right? Um, and so I actually love this question a lot because this really goes to vaginal health mm-hmm. um, and really, you know, taking care of your vagina, right? And, you know, I, I guess where I am with this question is more around like, um, you know, hair removal and um you know, whether you do waxing or laser hair removal, because, you know, your hair down there does, um, it, it can carry things, right? So when we talk about vaginal health, we're usually um, talking about um, keeping it cleansed and clean, right? And they're amazing products like Honeypot, the Honeypot that help you with that, but that includes your pubic hair too, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah, and actually just on this note, as a mother, you know, I actually gave birth to twins um, about a year ago and I did not really see my hair down there for a while. And I came to a point where I'm like, well, I need to do something about this. So yeah, it's just as important, honestly. <laughs> it's a conversation we have to have because yeah. similarly, again, my sister had a baby two years ago and I don't know when, how or this came up, but there was some joke and her husband was there and, you know, they made some joke about like, oh yeah, you know, and it kind of got kind of crazy down there. It was like a whole forest. Yeah. You're not allowed to shave, and and she was like, "Britt, when you're pregnant, like you can't see or reach that area. You cannot. No, you cannot. I did not think about this. I did not think about this. You're right. Like, (laughs) oh, and so, whoa, just thinking about like, (gasps) yeah, it's real, it's real. (laughs) Um, and I just, I just wonder, you know, because obviously it's you know part of the body that honestly society tells women to get rid of right to like you know or to make a landing strip which is so sexual and like not as about the other person and you know I don't right I I just always am curious we've had one other hair interview out of 160 interviews on the show and I Mm -hmm. asked her as well about the pubic hair and she was like never really thought about it so it's like Mm -hmm. why are we not talking about that area that's being waxed bedazzled dyed sexualized but also like not taken care of if our bodies are not like flat you know (laughs) right right so yeah I don't know I you know in your 10 years has anyone asked you these questions or like is this totally no actually like no (laughs) no actually no and that's hair and no one's asking yeah the other hair. Right. That's interesting. (laughs) And actually, you know what? That just gave me an idea. We're doing a hair and health series. You know, maybe we need to bring on an OBGYN and talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that they get like ingrown hair infections, right? And and I have questions that are maybe not my business and that's fine, right? That's why I have a podcast because I invite people on for me to ask them questions. (laughs) But um, I like to think I ask the questions other people have as well. So like, Black women's hair is all different texture or white women's hair. There's curly hair and all this stuff. Like, does that translate to pubic hair too? Is, cur- is mm-hmm. pubic hair curly and kinky or different textures as well? It is. Yes, okay. it is. How interesting. 
So yeah, yeah. I, have, I have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Part two. <laughs> yeah, part two. Part two. But I think that there could potentially be a, you know, a lot more products. I mean, God, we have so many hair on our head products. I, I don't see any pubic conditioners or, you know, do you mm-hmm. know of any products for that area? You know what? No, I only really use, um, you know, the vaginal products, you yeah. know, like the honey pot. I mm-hmm. just use that to yeah. everywhere down there. So, yeah. 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 Well, we're actually getting Beatrice on the show in a few weeks. So I'm oh, so perfect. excited, I'm, oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for that. I'm going to ask her. Um, well, Candace, this has been so awesome. We have two last questions that our listeners really love. The first one is we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that listen. So what's an area in women's health and wellness besides pubic hair products? Because we just established that that is a, a need. What are other, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's another area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I would definitely say our hormonal health um, because the, it impacts so many things like about our mood, our stress, um, even our, um, our the, the health and condition of our body. And I think it needs innovating because I think it's a lot of it is things that we don't know and therefore we don't have control of. And so like when we have mood swings or we have headaches or we're not feeling well, right? A lot of women don't know the cause of it and not aware of it, you know? And so like there's one app that I use called Flow, um, the period tracking app and I noticed that it had a lot more content around that, like your hormones related to your your cycle. Um, But I'm curious, even just beyond our cycle or how much is is driven by our cycle versus other things. And then what is hereditary? I just think that there's such a lack of awareness around that. And I think if we knew more, we could be more in control of um, our you know, our health as women. So I'm interested to see more in that space. I love that answer because historically hormone monitoring or studying has been only done so in the context of getting women pregnant, but it's like hormonal situations correlate to migraines or, you know, or maybe what if it was also triggers, you know, a PTSD, exactly something, you know, certain hormone is high, you know, like, because for me, I'm a, I quit, I quit smoking a while ago and I'm very proud about that, but there is something Mm -hmm. about when it's a nice day after the winter and you step outside, just there's something about the, the, the smell of spring that I'm like, I just want to, I just want to smoke. And I, and I know like, (laughs) but that's like some internal memory, right? So potentially could there be in your menstrual cycle or your hormone fluctuations that sparks a memory for you or a urge? Maybe, you know, I mean, I guess chocolate, right, is like the stereotypical, you're on your menses, you want chocolate, but like, what else yes. are we not implementing in our exercise regimen or our, you know, our daily meetings, you know, according right. to where you are in your cycle? Yeah, totally. There's right. so much potential there. So much potential. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Mm, I definitely feel that we need more allyship, but like 
real allyship, right? So (laughs) there's so much of this that is performative when it comes to supporting women in tech. And we need like true leadership and policy that supports it, right? And, um, you know, because there's one thing, you know, to say it, but there's another thing to actually do it and really, um, and what, and, and whatever that means for your organization, because these, every organization impacts the industry as a whole. Um, and this even comes in the area of capital, right? So when we talk about providing more, you know, avenue and resources for women in tech, you know, that also includes money and putting money where your mouth is. And so I just think that we're in, you know, this phase where, A lot has been said, but now it's time to be accountable to what people have said or promised Mm -hmm. to really bring change. And it's it's almost like the scales of justice. Like, how can we balance the scales truly? That's what I think is is mostly needed at this point. I love that. Yeah. With having just passed International Women's Day and all those large corporations being like, women are the best. And I'm like, you don't care about us. You're not. Exactly. Yeah. Actually. Sponsoring us, donating us. Like. Exactly. Yeah. I actually followed a Twitter account that took every company that made an announcement and posted a statistic of their pay gap. Oh between God. men and women yes. so it was like okay you you're um supporting women right well actually women get paid 60 percent less at your organization mm-hmm. so do something about that and I'm like thank you yes <laughs> enough with your hashtags enough with your little graphics <laughs> right. like I we don't I want I want to see your money you know like exactly Exactly. 100%. 100%. Well, Candace, you are awesome. I love what you're doing. I'm so excited for you. This is so cool. Um, Thanks for a really authentic, vulnerable conversation with me today. Mm -hmm. Asking lots of personal questions. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always learn so much in the show. And I appreciate that. Thanks for your time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Thank you for listening to my interview with Candace Mitchell, the CEO and founder of Mayavana. Don't forget your special offer. Use promo code FEMTECH at mayavana.com to save 20% on a hair analysis kit. That's FEMTECH at mayavana, M-Y-A-V-A-N-A.com for 20% off. Alrighty, Fem fans, be sure to give this show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other Femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a Fem Pro member for only $15 a month and get access to our assets, such as the Femtech Company Database and our self-guided Femtech Accelerator. Keep an eye out for our monthly Femtech Book Club, which happens the last Wednesday of every month, and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring monthly donation to Femtech Focus. We are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. Mm-hmm.